In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes in order to give us faith and to take away our anxiety. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing for me being the pastor of a Lutheran church. And uh, one of the interesting things is that I think by now I have a pretty good bead on what it is that makes a Lutheran. And uh, to the astonishment of many, I don't know that what makes a Lutheran is necessarily uh, great biblical theology. Um, I, I don't know that it is um, a love for um, the the confessions in the Book of Concord that a lot of you have no idea even exists. I don't know that it's a lot of those things. I think, in fact, if he, and I think I can do this for several denominations, but I can certainly do it for our own. I think that when I look at what makes a good Lutheran, I look for certain dysfunctions. And I think that there are certain dysfunctions that are especially attracted to Lutheran theology. And that means that you probably, since you're in this room, you may have one of these dysfunctions. Now, I think that there are several, but the one that we are going to be talking about today is anxiety. I think Lutherans are an anxious people. Which is kind of funny, because there are other denominations that even have labeled a certain seat in their congregational gatherings as the anxious bench. But I think that those denominations call that the anxious bench because there's only one of them. Whereas in Lutheran theology, all of these are the anxious bench. We tend to be people that know that we're sinners. We tend to be people who know that we have done wrong. We tend to be people who walk into this sanctuary going, Hi God, I know you've seen what I've done this week. Good seeing you too. And we really don't straighten up until we hear what we need to hear. And that's the word of forgiveness. And thank goodness that comes at the beginning of our services, because otherwise a lot of us would still be kind of like going up to communion, going, all right, thanks God. Some of you are that way, and it's really weird watching you take communion. But I think that there's something to that sense of anxiety. And it's not just us, by the way. There are plenty of other Christians in the world who feel anxious about their relationship with God and anxious about other things too and maybe that's why Jesus when he is talking to his disciples he addresses anxiety he says don't be anxious about all of this stuff now when you hear Jesus saying all of this I don't know about you but it reminds me of this classic Bob Newhart skit so in the skit, Bob Newhart is playing the role of being a psychologist or a counselor. And uh, there's a new patient who is coming to see Bob Newhart as this psychologist and counselor. And she is super duper excited. She is coming in and she's like, I have heard 
so many great things about you, doctor. I've, I've heard so many great things about your therapy. I just can't wait to, to, to just tell you my problems and, and get your perspective on them and, and get healing from that. And Bob Newhart is going, well, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine. And she's going on and on and on. And she pulls out a notebook out of her purse and she says, well, I want to make sure that I get all of this stuff down. So I, I'm going to um, get this out and, and write down everything you have to say. And Bob Newhart goes, well, I don't think you really have to do that. It's pretty simple to, and she, she cuts him off and she says, no, I want to make sure that I get it all down. And so, you know, you, you kind of get this sense that she is into whatever Bob Newhart is going to say and however Bob Newhart is going to solve all of her problems. And so he says, well, why don't you tell me what's going on with your life? And she starts telling him what's going on with her life. And Bob Newhart goes, oh, well, well, I see kind of, a, I, I can see what the problem is here, and I think I've got some great advice for you. And the, the girl is enraptured. She's ready to get this. She's got her pencil ready on the paper, and she's, she's looking at Bob Newhart, and she's saying, what is the answer here? And Bob Newhart says, stop it! <laughs> she goes, what? That thing that you're doing, stop it! And she starts getting into her justifications and why she's doing this. And he says, stop it, stop it, stop it. (laughs) And that's the thing that makes that funny is that, well, that's not enough. Just hearing that from Bob Newhart or even hearing that from Jesus, we go, "Uh, I don't know. So when Jesus goes, well, stop being anxious, Lutherans. We go, ah, okay, Jesus. But what's the rest of the story? Because deep down inside, we want to stop being anxious. We want to stop being anxious about a whole many things. We want to stop being anxious uh, about our lives. We want to stop being anxious about our deaths. We want to stop being anxious about our relationship with God. We want to stop being anxious about our relationship with other people. We want to stop being anxious about our achievements. We want to stop being anxious about our family. We want to stop being anxious about all number of things. But we just can't seem to be able to do it. And so just to hear, stop it, our response back to that is a desperate, but I'm trying. I'm trying not to be anxious. I'm trying to stop that. But so often our trying, even if it works, is just momentarily. There's this character that you know that um, is, is a part of our pantheon of um, uh, religious figures in our life. Um, her name is Tinkerbell. <laughs> Tinkerbell from the story of Peter Pan. Um, uh, just in, uh, now she has branched out. She has a whole bunch of other fairies. Um, they make lots of pixie dust. They a whole like, mythology around it. Um, uh, but but Tinkerbell, especially from the original movie, 
uh, Tinkerbell, the, the big thing about Tinkerbell is that Tinkerbell uh, has this pixie dust. And if you flick Tinkerbell, uh, there is pixie dust that comes out of Tinkerbell, and that will make you be able to fly, which is cool. I mean, if you find Tinkerbell, let me know. The problem is that most often uh, we believe that that is how God works. That if we come here and we flick God or we take communion, you know, one of the two, or we hear those magical words about our being forgiven, that all of a sudden, everything will be okay and we can fly. But then we get into our lives and we go, and we don't fly so well. And we go, what's the deal, God? I had faith in you. And a part of the issue here is that we have replaced what is actually faith with this sort of Tinkerbell idea of what faith is. And this Tinkerbell idea of faith is that faith is just something that's sort of magical out there that I apply to myself in religious services and that uh, when that happens, then I'm able to fly through the rest of my week until I sin and the pixie dust starts to wear off and I need to go back and see God in an anxious way. And yet, all of the readings that we have today are about faith and none of them seem to be sort of that sense of faith. That sense of faith, well, it's really sort of the antithesis of anxiety. Because if you think about anxiety, anxiety is basically a belief in something that hasn't happened yet. The only difference between anxiety and faith is that anxiety is sort of a negative outcome usually. And so you have plenty of faith. It just is a question of what you have faith in. And so when the writer of Hebrews in our Hebrews reading, when, when he lays out, what he does is he, he does a three-parter in our reading. He, he lays out a, a, a definition of what faith is. And then after that, he shows you what faith looks like. So you've got all of these faithful people. And then at the end of that reading, you have, okay, this is what faith, faith's implications are for your life. And basically the implications are that when you start to have faith, that's when the the anxiety goes away. And you go, that can't be right. Because I love my anxiety. I love worrying about stuff. I love this abusive relationship that I have with my imagination and my life. That I can sit and I can wait to imagine how terrible it is when school starts. Either tomorrow or in a couple of weeks, depending on where you're at here. Or I can imagine how terrible it's going to be when uh, I meet that person who might be the right person to be my mate, but I'm going to mess it up somehow. Or when I meet that person who could be a friend, but they're not going to like me. 
we have all of these anxieties and the difficulty is that our anxieties they take up that spot that faith is supposed to inhabit and that's the beautiful thing about coming into this room you anxious Lutherans you that beautiful feeling of straightening up when you hear those words, you are forgiven in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Those be- that beautiful feeling of straightening up after you take communion and you realize that God gave you His Son's body and blood because He loves you so much. That beautiful feeling of being able to go, I can breathe again because there's something else that has invaded my soul that is asking for my faith. And for once, it's not my imagination. But it's the imagination of God. That what God has imagined for his people from the very beginning of the world, that that is invading your soul and pushing out anxiety. And that, brothers and sisters, is what Jesus is talking about when he's talking about the kingdom of God. That he is talking about this beautiful reality of him coming in with the imagination of God and pushing out your imagination just so that you can stop being anxious for a moment. And start believing. And we receive the same promise that Abraham received when that happens. When we believe in God's imagination... That imagination that created the world, that imagination that created us, that, cre- that imagination that sent his son into this world to be born both God and man, that imagination that sent, was sent in order to explain to us that world, that imagination that killed the son and rose him again on the third day, that imagination that gives us the Holy Spirit, that imagination when we take hold of that with our belief, it is counted to us as righteousness. So may you this week Seek after God's imagination rather than your own. And when you find it in those moments, may you know that that is counted unto you as righteousness. Amen.